Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Potentially for you, your fantasy season is over. Not like Adelaide season where it's over before it's over, but like you're eliminated from your leagues. You are done with your overall rankings. Maybe a year is done or perhaps you are becoming like the Tigers of old where they are up and about, looking good, firing. And uh, look, there is plenty of fantasy stuff to talk about still with just the three weeks to go. Hello, it is MJ from the coaches panel. I've got the Fox in here with me. Hello, mate. I should turn you, Michael, shouldn't I? Yeah, hey, MJ. Yeah, look, we're look, up. The Tigers look, are up. Yes, they are. As are your super coach side doing very nice things. <laughs> Only got six more at the G. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, actually. What was it? Ended up being 10 in a row for the flag. So, you know, which is a nice little run through there for the Tigers. But yeah, They're doing all right. I think they're the favourite just between you and me. Them and the Eagles and Brizzy. Are the are the three that look uh, very difficult to beat, and then GWS yeah. on their day are a very I like good the side. Eagles. Yeah, Eagles Tigers. Yeah, I, I'd love an Eagles Tigers grand final. I think that'd be a ripping grand final. There'll be no seed from the pocket on that day. I tell, <laughs> I tell you what, your heart would be broken and torn in two if you did I that you again. What, I wouldn't know what to do. No, you wouldn't. That's all right. Look, man, there is a fair bit I, I still want to get through. Um, I, I do want to look at some guys that are a prime for a three big week run home. Um, people, whether it be going for a league positioning, a, a semi-final this week, or find themselves with an extra week off, um, there's a, a opportunity to have some conversations about. There are some Patreons that have got some questions for us. Of course, if you love what you've got from the coaches panel so far in 2019 and want to support us as we head into 2020 and the trade period, well, the good news is you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. But I think, Fox, the main thing I want to talk about is some of the lessons that either we've learned or we've observed from the 2019 season, because it is getting to the point of the year that, look, there's not really many trades left for dream teamers and super coaches. You've got maybe two, like like maybe two. Um, if you've got any more than that, you've probably been a little too conservative unless leagues is your primary focus. Then if, I could maybe understand that a little more. But I, I suppose there's a player like, Toby Green, who at the moment is the most informed forward, yet across all your formats is barely owned by around that 10% marker. That gives us that indication that we're at the time of the year, that unless you get an injury force trade, you probably don't have a trade to use. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's the one, isn't he, Toby Green? Like, yeah, 10%. You'd like him in your team at the moment. Yeah, it is. And it was someone we spoke about a couple of weeks ago on the panel podcast when Stephen Cornelio was out injured. We looked at, you know, the popular guys to get, the low ownership guys to get, the guys with big ceilings. Uh, the standout and real obvious candidate was a Toby Green. But but before we talk any more so about guys that are great pickups in these final three weeks, let's talk about some of the lessons we've learned in 2019. Let's get a little retrospective but not just for the sake of lamenting on missed opportunities in the year or failed decisions. There's learnings we can have as we move forward as fantasy coaches into 2020 and beyond. Uh, what about for you, Fox? Was was there either a mistake, either being a selection or a mistake by missing a selection 
that you've noticed when it's come to the 2019 season? Yeah, we all make mistakes. Even the winner, it's who makes the least mistakes. That's pretty true, much, yes. Because I think everyone's going to make mistakes. So. Well, we, we've had some friends and supporters of the coaches panel that have won you know, formats of the yep. game before, and they'd say, yeah, I still made some fairly big blunders in the year. It's just I also got ahead of the bell curve you know, with a couple of unique guys before everyone else jumped on them. So is there one that right. rings true for you right at the top? I've got plenty. Okay. Well, <laughs> How long is this podcast well, going for? <laughs> we don't want to go full emo on it, mate. All right. Well, I'll start with my probably the first one. Um, Collingwood played um, early. Uh, six of the first seven rounds they played early. They played that a Thursday, Thursday or Friday, Friday night game, yeah. Um, and the obvious thing would be to have uh, probably a Trelaw or a Grundy you know, one, if not both. I, yeah. I had none of them. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's something I do want to talk about in a sec, but someone like a Brody Grundy, really outside of um, two or three weeks, and one of them was the first round of the year, he's put together a faultless fantasy footy season, and choosing to go against him has certainly put coaches on the back foot, um, it's safe to say. Now, there was yeah. avenues and ways to navigate their way through he, it. He came in with that sore toe, didn't he? Did. he? So, but I think he, I should have had... Uh, Trello, I think one I, of those I, I, two. You know, I'm not saying you have both. I think you should have had one as a cover for that. You know, for that loophole for that VC. Yeah, and that's especially important um, for dream teamers. Which the first year they've had the rolling vice captaincy option, super coaches years deep into it. So you're much more experienced at using it in AFL fantasy because they did. I think it was a four, their first four, the first six or seven games involved them on a Thursday night. There was that vice captaincy option that normally you don't get to maximise through there. So I definitely think, yep, it's a nice little learning. And more so to put it into a 2020 perspective would be then if there are sides that have multiple Thursday night or Friday night, those early round games over that first six to eight weeks, use that as that strategy option, more so for premiums than it is for rookies than anything else um, that's there. For me, there was one real big missed opportunity and that was I hesitated to start with Travis Boak. And that was a misstep, purely because the writing was there on the wall, but I let history previously dictate that he wouldn't retain that role. But in in the clear light of day, it was obvious. He was training with the midfield group once again. He said he was going to play midfield all year. Ken Hinckley, all preseason, said, I'm going to play Boak in the midfield. He was given both JLT games purely in the midfield. He played the intra-club match purely in the midfield. Ollie Wines got injured. So if there was ever any doubt or concern about his midfield role with Wines being out for the first month, it was staring us all in the face. But if you look at his ownership numbers from round one, a lot of coaches made that mistake too where they didn't think he'd be that good to be a keeper, 90-plus, season-long, top six, top eight, top ten forward. And for those that jumped on him, well done. You got a unique... And, man, you got some great scores on the way. Yeah, they're, they're the go guys you really need to jump on it. And if they, you know they're going, you've got to get on them quick, yep. don't you? Because you end up you end up having to buy them but at a, at a much greater price. Yep, and there's, there's, there's your dollar value gone. Yeah, absolutely. What about for you, some other lessons that either you've had or you've observed other coaches may have made? Uh, if we're going along that line of Boke, sure. you, you could also add in um, Sheed early. Okay, starting sheet starting and then sheet, yeah. pivoting away. Yes, that was that would have been a good choice. Those, those uniques because I don't think he would have been overly 
I think his AFL fantasy ownership numbers would have been higher early. And then after those, you know, flew out of the gate the first two or three weeks, everyone jumped on. And then he struggled to find his role in the midfield with Gaff coming back in. And then all of a sudden, you know, now he's solid. He's certainly not, you know, premium territory right now. But, you know, he's very, very solid for us. I'll throw in another one. He might be more unique. Um, Caleb Daniel. Oh, yeah, nice. That would have been a guy, wouldn't it? Yeah, especially in Supercoach. To start with him, yeah. So you only need two or three of those unique-ish type of guys yeah. to get a great, a great head start. And it is that difficult thing. Like you think of Caleb Daniel all preseason. Again, he was talked about a lot of playing down back and being that key ball distribution option that coming off half back for the Bulldogs. I also don't think anyone would have predicted that he'd average what he did pre his first hamstring injury, where he was a, a top six forward for us in Super Coach top 10 in Dream Team, and then AFL Fantasy, well, by gaining defensive eligibility, he became so important, especially if you're a Chris Burgess owner, and to be able to flip both of those buys around, um, you know, from forward and back. But it's also one of those ones where you go, no one probably thought he'd be this big. Great if you did, but not many would have picked. Well, in in keeper leagues, you could have got him for... Redraft. You You wouldn't have been holding him. Exactly. Exactly. And now all of a sudden, he'll probably be your D1, if not your D2, you know, next year in keeper leagues. He was very, very good. Um, yeah, and, and probably later in the year, Marshall. Yeah, well, that was the thing is they the Saints started with the just, Billy Longer, didn't they? Mm. And then they very quickly moved to a Rowan Marshall. And the hesitancy of coaches to probably think, is he, when is he going to come up against a good opponent? When is he going to, you know, maybe get replaced out for longer? But he's done incredibly well. You're right. This is one of those guys that mm. if you nailed that pick ahead of the bell curve, ahead of everybody else jumping on, those are the moves that you make that win you the season is your two to three weeks of scores ahead of everybody else. It's the equivalent of starting with a... And it, maybe it's more obvious than a Rowan Marshall, but starting with a Tim Taranto across the formats, the moment Cal Ward's year was done, it, it got further cemented um, yeah. early on. And again, no one likes to see injuries, but injuries create opportunities. Taranto was always going to get a lot of midfield time, but he's been one of those success stories for coaches so far in 2019. He looks to be one of the next uber elite premium options for us. I know the last weekend wasn't great, um, especially if you captained him. But he was one of those really big wins. I know we're talking a little bit about missteps, but it's similar logic to Boke, wasn't it, in terms of all the signs pointed to it. It just needed a little bit of courage, maybe for some coaches to go, look, he's going to be the the pick for me through there. Any others for you? Uh, Well, the same as rookies missing... Rookies like the Sydney the, Stack. It's, he's an interesting one, wasn't he? Because he, he is. He came in at an awkward time. Uh, I don't know why it was, but it was awkward. Yeah, it was uh, that game up against GWS. Jaden Short's injury probably cemented his role in the side. Yeah. Um, but he was in anyway with Short, and having and not thinking he may not have had the fitness to go yeah. however many rounds. Like he just kept going and going. Yeah. Like Duracell battery. Just going and going. We probably thought, me as a Richmond supporter, probably thought he was going to get a taste. Yeah, you might get two like, or three, like a Patrick Nash. Get yeah, two or three you, weeks you and you're done. And you don't want those guys sitting on your bench for half the year, especially, you know, in Supercoach. Or, oh, in the limited trade formats, yeah. if 
you get these guys and you get the one price rise and then you just hold them. Like for those that jumped on, I know the past month has been good, but say like a row bottom um, from Sydney who was just sitting there on the bench doing nothing for six weeks. Um, and you're like, come on, mate. Come on. Anytime you're right. That can certainly happen to us as a fantasy coach where we just sit there waiting, hoping and, and wishing that a player will return and then just not getting them. Yeah, like you could have gone, you could have missed Stack and then went for Nation. Nation, you know, same he, thing. Yeah. Well, he only went what for three? Did he get three weeks? Did I think he, it. I think he got three weeks, and that was it. You know, it's yeah, kind of those so that were sitting with Bailey Scott. You know, came out with that ninety-seven in AFL Fantasy, similar enough in Super Coach. Then a, a couple of quieter games, missed a week, had a game. And then we just haven't seen him since. Like, those kind of players. Like, he's crazily still in 13% of AFL fantasy sides, which yeah. tells you how many people just either have chosen to throw away that spot or are just not active anymore in that format. But yeah. um, it is one of those moves for coaches that you've got to be careful of and understand the hesitancy to around that move. I think, you know, the flip side of it is, uh, uh, probably one of, if not the best cash cow for us. I know Sam Walsh probably ultimately was. And there was some criticism that we got during earlier in the year where people said, oh, we told you not to get him. Well, that, we never said don't get him. It was, if you're going to spend the extra cash on him, because yes, he's probably got the best job security of all our cash cows, is to make that worthwhile, you needed him to outscore yeah. by a, a decent amount of other cash cows like a Charlie Constable. Yeah. And he did that well and truly as he done that. Yeah. And that's just a, an understanding of to generate the same amount of cash, you needed him to outscore those at a lower price point, And he did that. And well done to every single coach and a large portion of the fantasy community got on him. The only other cash cow that's probably really worth talking about that would have been a misstep for coaches is not maximizing the opportunity with Riley O'Brien. Oh, absolutely. And isn't it an interesting one? We knew he'd get six to eight weeks with the Sam Jacobs injury. Again, nobody predicted him to be this good. Um, but again, it's that misstep. In terms of cash generation, even if you had Grundy and Gorn, it was worth getting rid of a wasted R3. Yeah. And you got to work, what trade did you do on that week? You know, like it could have been, it could have been someone getting injured. You know, you you don't know what that trade was. Well, sideways in a um, Dunkley, you know, who was an underperformer at the start of the year. That could have been the trade that week. Uh, yeah. That people did instead of. And now, looking back in hindsight, he's shaking your head because he's made, like in Supercoach, he's made 395k to, as as we speak. It's, it's a crazy oh, amount of money. You know, again, to use AFL Fantasy as an example, right now, you would make money from an O'Brien to Gorn trade. <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like it, it, it's it's simply <laughs> ridiculous. I think other mistakes we may have made at some point during the year was starting a Rory led, um, mm. unknowing what the Millerette and Smith, um, combination would do, and and instead the right choice would have been starting starting Lockie Whitfield, who again has had his own problems during the year, um, with injuries. But if you started him you would have got those great scores out of the gate. Um, you wouldn't have had those. Now, Laird's been solid. Um, last week, he was very, very good. But Laird's certainly not been, you know, the 110, the 105 average that people might have hoped he's been. He's still been a very, very good defender. He just wasn't at that peak price, the yeah, option. Whitfield over Laird would have been uh, 
quite a few numbers, wouldn't it? Points. Yeah. No, it certainly would have been missing Lockie Neal in Supercoach at Brisbane. Again, I still maintain that I don't think Neal has shown enough to be in a dream team or AFL fantasy, you know, 110 elite guy consistently. Um, even at Brisbane now, that's proven to be the case different in Supercoach, given what he can do. Um, but we are seeing these guys. These are some of the decisions that would have made or cost your fantasy season. Again, there's luck along the way. Trading in Gaff early, you know, when he was on the bubble, um, was the right time to go and get him. Maybe Sheed to Gaff. Yeah, Sheed to Gaff would have been a, an awesome move um, to be able to go and do that. Um, you know, jumping on Basher Hawley during his six-week run when he was on a tear. I know he's been good in the past couple of weeks too. Was the right move. Um, you know, but there's others that have been awesome for us or maybe awesome is a slight overstatement but like a jack billings has delivered for us in 2019 he's averaging right now a hundred in um dream team which is an afl fantasy which is just absolutely awesome given you know what we were going to be paying for him um in, in super coach he's also just missing that hundred average at 96.6 so he was a guy that we were paying an 84 and was much maligned and yet he's He's a top 10 forward for us. He started he? slow. He, he started, I, I wouldn't say he, started I think he slow. Had a, I think he, had, he started off really well. He did start off pretty well. He started off, uh, in Supercoach it was quieter than it yeah. was in Dream Team and Fantasy. His start of the year in Supercoach was 88, 84, 108, 126, 93. So that was his first five, but quite a couple of weeks. And then he's found a little bit more ceiling over the past couple. Um, while in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, again, he was one of those great AFL Fantasy picks to kind of start the year. He came up with an 84, a 94, a 108, a 124, a 105, and an 87. Now, he's had some some bigger games and some bigger ceilings, you know, kind of post by round, he hasn't dropped under 85 yeah. in Dream Team or AFL Fantasy, including that huge 170. And he's had just the one score under 76 since the multi-buy round. Um, in fact, only the three scores under 100 since coming back off round 12. He definitely played a few early forward, didn't he? Like, yeah, he did that bit Rich, more Rich split. Richo sort of had him in that. The mid-forward split was there. It was yeah. still well enough to score, but really since coming off the multi-buy rounds... Um, he, he's played almost, you know, eighty yeah. percent wing, and look, he'll he'll be it'll be something I want to talk about on future podcast episodes. Is guys that we think are going to lose and guys that we think are going to gain DPP. I think it's pretty safe to say Billings is probably going to lose it. Yeah, um, kind of. Although he does look a lot happier. He he does he? look happier. Isn't it nice that a contract year can just turn him into an absolute superstar of a player? Any other glaring ones that we want to spend some time talking about that you feel are there? How many for pages do you want? Well, maybe MJ? give me give me one last big one because again, it, you don't want to look like a hindsight fool yeah. where you just go, oh, hindsight do this, hindsight do that. It was more, no, no, no. This was All right. This is a misstep that I need I'm going to throw from. one out that I've made a couple of mistakes on it. Okay. Four thirty-five. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I believe you might be talking about the type of game on a Saturday. Yeah. That if you're not careful of when. Now I haven't discussed this with you, but you're you've hit the you've hit it. It's right where on the head. it's an awkward game. It's an awkward game because you're trying. To, you know, you're Friday night. You get your opportunities. You can move it. You're talking more for rolling lockout formats of yeah. Supercoach and Dream Team. Just be careful where your E's and your VCs and your C's are. Because otherwise, you might nail the vice-captaincy call, Yep, but you can't maximise it. 
or you need to make a trade and all of a sudden a player's locked away with those 150 and 210 games. It's a sneaky time. It's a, it's a very really difficult time because the, by the time you get the final teams, you're about halfway through the yeah. early game, yeah. you know, a third of the way through the second game. Well, if you're not careful, that's where you get stung, isn't it? So the best thing to do is take your emergencies off and maybe put your captain and VC onto people later in the round. Yep. Just to not, just not to muck up, you know, just because yeah, I, I got hit bad once. I think Grundy went huge. I and had you the VC on it? him, and yeah, I got I got done. I think I took a, a very low score. If we were to create a list of like the ten most frustrating things that can happen to a fantasy footy coach, that's pretty high up there. I know, like getting a captaincy, scoring a zero, hashtag Canelio a few weeks ago, like that's frustrating. But I feel like having the opportunity to loop at an incredible vice captaincy score and missing it, that belongs on the top <laughs> ten list of greatest frustrations oh, for a fantasy coach. Absolutely. It, it, it's a tricky you one. You've got plenty of hair that you can pull out. Oh, m- m- at the moment I do. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts in my life. Just for your reference, Fox, and for everybody else's, the 435 game this week, Brisbane and Gold Coast. Next week after that is Adelaide and Collingwood. That's a trouble that's one for one. you right yeah, there, that's mate. The one. That's the one that's going to do you in. And then uh, the final round, Geelong take on Collingwood. I need, like, notifications, like, sort of... But actually, Saturday's really busy for me. It's just well, well, really, thing. It's some, really awkward. It, for some people, and that was maybe some of the kickback that's been amongst some in the Dream Team community and, and still amongst the AFL fantasy community, it's certainly there, that um, the rolling lockout rewards those who have the opportunities to get access to their mobile phone and make the changes. It mm. doesn't, quote, reward um, people that have a lot on on a Saturday. Mm. Um, and that's... You know, there, there's merit to that argument to some degree, but and Gil's probably got a few more things on his mind at the moment. To yeah, Gil couldn't get two stuffs about <laughs> fantasy footy. Let's approach be him on the four thirty-five. You know, that changing that time. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. That's perfect for Fox Footy <laughs> to be able to roll out a secondary game. All right, well, there's a, there's a couple of things that have maybe been mistakes either Fox or I that we've made. Maybe the ones that you've made that, that have sent in with us. Um, there's certainly some things that you could learn from 2019 and next week. One of the things we will talk about is gaining and losing DPP players for 2020. Yes, the attention is starting to move there for simple reasons. If your focus is overall rankings, and chances are if you're not in the top, what, 20 to 50? Yeah, ain't no chance. Like across the formats as a general summation. Now it doesn't mean you're not going to get your overall best ever ranking, but in terms of winning it all. And then for leagues, you're in a do or die matchup this week in your semi final, or you got the week off, or you're done. And, and so it does start to get and in AFL fantasy, you got two trades left this week. Probably in that format, Fox, you're just playing fixture trades now, aren't you? More than anything else. Yeah, it could, it could be work. You could be in the what is it, the consolation finals and be knocked out straight away in those. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty tough. Yeah, look, when you're knocked out of the bottom eight finals, <laughs> that that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, that can happen if you're in a decent league. There's it some can. decent players there is, Oh Yes, no, it's, it's no slide on anybody that's ended up in that position. So um, let's talk about, you know, guys that are in the position where 
in their final three weeks of the year, whether because there's still a genuine chance at the overall prize, which I know a number of coaches panel listeners are, or your leagues, whether it be a cash league, a work league, a mates league, you're a genuine chance at winning it. Um, with those final few trades we have left, who are some guys, Fox, that we should be looking out for or, or teams to come up against that we should be looking to keep in our minds? Do you want to go line by line? Yeah, if you've got some, let me know what you got, man. Why don't we just get the rucks out of the way early? Let's do because the rucks. That's, that's, that's simple, isn't it? Gorn and Grundy and maybe Westhoff at F7. Oh, don't do that, Fox. <laughs> See, here's That the would thi- be the perfect, you know, wouldn't it? See, I'm not... In Supercoach Gorn, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm all on that. In Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, while Proust plays, that ceiling of Gorn being the dominant guy... Okay, okay. I've, uh, I've got my Supercoach glasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah so which is fine. I'll, no, it's I'll good. Take, I'll take, no, no, no. Yeah. I like the glasses. Yep, yep, Keep yep, them okay. on, please. Um, but yes. Sorry about that. No, but... it's fine. Um, I think it is. But in Dream Team or AFL Fantasy, look, Ron Marshall in AFL Fantasy, where he's got ruck status, oh. I like that as a bit more of a unique head-to-head against Gorn. Um, I, I, I think in Supercoach, you could still even look at a Todd Goldstein. Patreons, if you went on to check out, um, is something that got posted a few earlier today. We, we go in depth about that he is the most informed Ruckman in Supercoach, Todd Goldstein outside of Brody Grundy right now. So so there's options there is what I'm saying. But the Rucks, yes, from a seasonal perspective, Grundy and Gorn are the best too. But but they play each other this week. I'm intrigued to see how that matchup goes. Last time Gorn got the better of him, but to be fair, Grundy was almost they laid out play, in that game. They might play off each other. I look we talk about this hard again. To, it's hard to know. I've mentioned our Patreons a couple of times because they're great supporters of what we do, but they get a, a weekly round review podcast uh, for our kind of our premium level Patreons. And something I talked about on the most recent one is what Melbourne should be doing at this time of the year. What What do you think the D's should be doing? Should they be putting their, their stars out to pasture? Should they be backing in trying to get the best draft pick? Should they be trying to... You know, let's not call it tanking because it's not what it is. But should they be experimenting with players in roles and giving uh-huh. kids opportunities Absolutely. and putting away guys like Gorn to just secure Absolutely. their twenty twenty? Absolutely, May should be uh, almost put cotton wool. Like Marty Hall's in the reserve. I think he's might might have played. He's been injured, but he has been uh, injured. He has been playing twos. He, okay. he definitely was last week. Sure. And playing very well. I'd say he definitely has to come back. Give him another crack sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, guys like Gorn, if they're tired, they've got nothing to it. They've got, they've got more to, uh, what is it? to lose. lose. Yeah, being in that top two draft picks because we know... Raul and uh, Anderson. Ra- yeah, Raul and Anderson good. are the absolute two Anderson would be the one for them too. They don't need another Raul, you know, ball-winning yeah. beast. They want the class and skills and outside speed of an Anderson. That's so their think, I know they, they don't like the word tanking. No, it's not tanking. No, it's not. No, it's, not it's experimenting it's, with your list yeah. to maximise learnings for 2020 and beyond. Yeah. And Look, get, and this feels a good... like a work in publicity, doesn't it? <laughs> And getting a good fixture. Yes, the well, they're going to get that no they matter will, what they will definitely do. get that, won't they? Because yes. they definitely won't finish outside the bottom. The bottom six, five, yeah. They're, the they're locked five, in the bottom okay, five. Yeah. You know, like where they are there, um, Carlton and Sydney are at 24 points, which is four points clear, but they got a worse percentage. Um, look, it, it's pretty safe to say that Gold Coast, Melbourne, Carlton are, are pretty safely... At, 
t- bottom five. You'd probably say Sydney, you know, um, are, are there too, given their two games off of what um, St Kilda are at 14th. So you'd think that bottom four, the order might change. Right. But that bottom four is there. Okay, so we've talked about the rucks. Yeah, Who are the- some other guys or other lines that we should be really looking at that are going to give us some good scores? All right. Um, defenders. Here, let um, me tell you about defenders. If you come up against Collingwood, that's a great defensive matchup. You look at the scores of Lacocious last week. You look at the scores of Ballard. The trend's been there right across the season. Defenders score well against Collingwood. So from a reference point, that's Melbourne this week. The following week, that's Adelaide. That could be really crucial for guys like a Rory Laird um, rolling through there. there. There's not a heap of people outside of... I know Salem's a defensive listed player for us as fantasy coaches, but he's not really playing in defense. But, you know, maybe a draft pick like a, a Michael Hibbard, um, it could be handy. And then in the grand final round, that's North Melbourne. So maybe you're looking for a a waiver wire pickup of a Jasper Pittard, for mm. example, you know, like, or, or a Scotty Thompson or a, or a Robbie Tarrant or something like that. So we are seeing this trend. I'm um, sorry, that's um, Melbourne are playing that way. Collingwood play Essendon. So, you know, McKenna, you know, uh, might be the option. So that that's a trend that we've seen across the year. It continued on last week of defenders against Collingwood are scoring considerably better than their average. Really, it's only Laird. And Miller that are probably going to get a kick that are popular still. Yeah, Tommy Lynch. Tommy, had day out, day out, didn't yeah, he? and that's the thing is we're also seeing forwards against Collingwood, especially key forwards, score very very well. They, you know, Sharonberg's back in and Roughhead are, are kind of their keys, but that's Melbourne don't really have a tall forward option at the moment. It's Bruce and Fritch. It could be good news for. Um, people that are running the gauntlet with Tex Walker in a daily fantasy. Um, and then maybe more a, a, a McKernan and, and a hooker combination through there. So nothing hugely crazy fantasy relevant, but there, there's some, some ones certainly through there. And then I think the real obvious pick, like the mulligan, if we're using golf terms for everyone, is players that take on Gold Coast, especially midfielders um, and forwards, dominate yeah. them. So that's Brisbane this week. That's good news um, for, you know what? Who'd be a nice little pick? Mitch Robinson. Who'd be not too bad as a little unique rolling through there. He's not going to hurt you, but I don't mind that. Um, then the Gold Coast Suns uh, come up against Hawthorne. That's a nice little preliminary final matchup for you. Uh, and then their final round is against GWS. Mm. That's going to be a tasty one for Taranto, Whitfield. Kelly will be back by then. Okay. Jeremy Cameron will have a field day for super coaches that are just holding on to him. That's a Zach nice Williams. little Zach Williams. Uh, he's an interesting one, isn't he? He and Brody Smith both had a real drastic role change over the past month. Williams by necessity with Cornelio and Kelly out injured. Smith more by the Crows just looking to find a way to get some speed and class higher up the ground. Coaches that have stayed with them... Now, in Supercoach, I understand holding both of them. But Dream Team and Fantasy Coaches that have held both of them have got a nice twist of luck, haven't they, this past month? Oh, absolutely. I think a lot went off Brody Smith early, didn't they? Yeah, they might have got six, eight weeks in and thought, that's it, he's done his job and I'm away. And when Zach Williams got injured, that's when people pivoted away from him. But if, for whatever reason, his both of their past months have been very, very good. Any other specific players you've got for us before we do get to a couple of Patreon questions? 
I do like Basher Hurley. You, I, I, you, I know you like Bash. He, and he's not as expensive as he was a couple of months ago either, too. So he's, you're still paying top dollar for him. Three round, last three round average 115. In Supercoach. Super yeah, it's very good. Uh, he likes the G. He loves you know, the G, mate. Eight of the nine tons have been at the G. In Supercoach? Yeah. Very, very similar in AFL Fantasy, too. No, he's got Carlton. Next week, I think that will be a good... Carlton, West Coast, and... West Coast might Brisbane. be a little bit. What's interesting about West Coast is I did start to notice a little bit of a trend uh, prior to Mark Hutchings' injury, is instead of tagging in the midfield, he started to tag the run-and-gun player off half-back. Now, I know Short's probably a little bit more of that more damaging ball user and has a little bit more damaging run. That's no slight on Hooley. Of course, that's just saying what, you know what the quality player Short is. But I do think Hooley, if he continues on to get that much opportunity and ball, maybe Hutchings goes there. Maybe. He does get that space. He does get into space at the G. And space means plus sixes. Yeah, exactly right, which is very good. And then the final round, you know, I'm most excited about, of all the games left to go in the year, I'm most excited about Brisbane-Richmond round 23. Because if Brisbane are going to, like, they're a genuine premiership threat, let's be honest. But if you can knock off Richmond at the G... That'd be huge. That'd be huge, you know, both for confidence for them to think they're it, but also for other teams to think they can beat Richmond. So that, That's going to be an interesting game because that's going to be probably the difference between getting a home final. For either of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like Brisbane have got the percentage matchup this week and that's what they need. They need that big percentage boost against Gold Coast and they should get that 50, 60, 70 point win through there at at least. Unfortunately, yep. Gold Coast are just really tired. They've got great kids that are going to be very, very good. They, you know, And then it starts to... The week following, it's Geelong up there. If Geelong continue on their current form trend, they oh, should I, get that done. Yeah, I think Geelong um, might be... And then it becomes, as long as they're at least competitive at the G, they'll hold a top, that second spot. Because right now on the ladder, um, they find themselves a game clear of Richmond. You'd think the Tigers would probably win their next two. Richmond won't mind playing. I think out of winning records, I think they might hold at the moment the current second best in the league against Richmond mm. over Brisbane, I think is the second That's best. That's a good sign. Well, I think yeah. they won about 12 in a row. I think Adelaide is, has, have, have the leading... Against, uh, yeah, against so, Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. So that's not the greatest one. But look, a streak is a streak. Yeah, so yeah. you take They've got a one huge there. streak against Brisbane. Yeah, no, they do. Look, for Tigers fans, they've got Blues this week. Um, they should be able to put that away. Another, you know, and great two tests for the Tigers, uh, you know, is, is West Coast and Brisbane at the G. That's a great combination um, for us as a general footy public, seeing what could be a couple of nice little snippets of what September looks like early with some important sides. What time? Uh, neither, <laughs> neither of them are 4.35 oh, thank, games. Thank God. Um, one is a one ten game at the G in next round, and then one is a 3.20 game on oh, a Sunday. Okay. So, so, mate, you can breathe easy. Any other players before we move on? Basha Hooley, you've talked about you like him. Yeah, that's probably the... Uh, most of them are well-owned. You know. oh, look, for like, me, if you don't know Toby Green, he's the guy. Right now, that the is the most informed. Maybe, maybe what would you do with Sicily? What uh, that could might be. That could yeah, be well, a, what do we do with yeah, with that. Sicily? There, there is a question about who they trade him to. For me, in AFL fantasy, easy trade. Like yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. Dream team. It's worth the. Um, depending on what your focus is, is always the caveat. 
because he's playing key defender. He's he's not being that intercept option for us anymore. I know he's got a favorable matchup, not this week so much, but next week um, against the Gold Coast Suns. This week's quite a difficult matchup in terms of Jeremy Cameron's expected back, at least at this stage in the week. Himmelberg um, is another key forward that he's, they've got to keep an eye on um, rolling through there. Um, they don't lack for key forward tall, so he's going to need to play tall. Uh, and then again, in the final round, it's West Coast. They don't lack for talls either. So for me, if it's super coach, I'd still feel okay to hold him. It's always the preference. To, if you've got more than two trades, get rid of him. Even there... But in yeah. Dream Team and Fantasy, I think he's a, he needs to go if you've got the trade. Yeah, probably on that line too. If you've got three trades, that would be your third last trade. Yeah. <laughs> again, and again, if you're going for yeah. overall rankings, you've got to get rid of him because he's just outside of that game against Collingwood. And as we've seen, defenders against Collingwood score incredibly well. How many weeks ago was it against Collingwood where he... He's out Mark and Mason oh. Cox. But, but again, it backs up that trend we talked about earlier of defenders against... Collingwood score well. Um, unfortunately, we all just fell into the trap, or a large portion of the community fell in the trap going, he's underpriced, he's cheap, he's bounced back. No, no, he just got a favourable matchup. Um, so a nice little learning for us there, for those of us that made that. Another mistake. A, a, a learning opportunity, <laughs> right. Fox. Um, look at me from trying to be positive in everything. Um, look, they're there, but Green's the one in the forward line if you don't have him. Josh Kelly, if he comes back. It's got risk associated to it, but he's a captaincy option. I do like him um, as a pickup through there. Um, anyone coming up against Gold Coast, um, I, I really like uh, as an option. Um, and so there's a fair few options to kind of look at for us there. Yeah, my big dogs would be uh, in the forward line, Toby Green and Rowan Marshall, if you don't have them. Yep. I think those two would be standouts. They're the ones for you? Yeah, if you don't bother going Tom Lynch, you've missed the boat on Tommy J. Lynch. We're too far gone now. Yeah, way too far gone. Uh, well, mids, um, Adam Trelaw. What do you think? What do you think about Adam Trelaw? I like him. I just think you're spending too much money on him. I'd yes. go and get Steel Sidebottom, who's got you know not as big a ceiling, but he's certainly got the low ownership and got the same matchups. So I don't know. Not if it not for you, Fox. Uh, maybe last Mel- week it was, but that that Melbourne. I oh, know he only played Adelaide. Gold, he only played Gold Coast last week, but um, Melbourne, Adelaide, Essendon. It's a nice little run for him in terms of scores against midfielders. He's not going to get yeah. tagged in any of those. Yeah, Collingwood have got the good run, haven't they? They're, yeah, for they're, midfielders, they're the fix, I like they're it. The fix, they've got the fixture, haven't they? For um, West Coast a- is not too bad either. Uh, you know, Richmond is certainly not as. Uh, Easily giving up the points as they used to, but still certainly the midfielders is the place to go against them. Yeah, how's it, how, just how, we're, we're still on that same sort of subject. How's, sure. how's, how's how's this for numbers? There we go. One hundred and fifty. Yeah. One forty-eight. One forty-two. Now this this isn't Smith's batting average. No, bat, it's not. Batting, <laughs> in, you know, coming up in the ashes or he's he's passed. But uh, uh, one sixteen, one twenty, one twenty. 153, 155. That's the last eight tons in a row by Jack McRae in Supercoach. It's pretty comparable to in AFL fantasy since coming off the multi-buy rounds. And there was talk amongst the fantasy community to trade him 
during the multi-buy round. And look, he was he was struggling. He was coming off the back of really only one ton in the past four or five weeks. But since the multi-buy rounds in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, similar numbers. He's come in with a 140, 180, 135, 106, 110, 132, 127, 151. Crazy numbers, isn't it? And if you haven't got him... Oh, boy. He did it. it and you it, could have got him real cheap yeah, at the multi-buy round. That was the week, wasn't it? That was the time to pounce. That's a missed opportunity through there. Fortunately, that's not on my mistake. My no, cheap. it's not. But it is that learning where sometimes we need to the back only a player's yeah. history. And that, maybe that's the, the, the weird split of a year is at the buy rounds, Brayshaw looked like he was coming good. Angus yep. Brayshaw, Jackson McRae didn't look like he was coming good in terms of scoring. However, the role was still there for McRae. He was still playing midfield. He was still getting it. It's just it wasn't translating the fantasy scores, whereas they've almost gone the other way since the multi-buy round. Sometimes we just need to back a premium in, knowing they've still got the right role. They're going to come good. And, well, if you picked McRae up at the buy round, well done. And the way he's tracking, he's probably going to hit his price. He's, yeah. You know, he's going to start off again. Next year at the similar price. Yeah, he will. He, he's, he's got potentially a couple of taggers over the next two weeks. I, I do think Bontempelli. Um, it's Essendon and then GWS. Looks like DeBoer yeah. will be back by that time. Um, but I, I think DeBoer would generally goes to the best, most damaging midfielder, which Bont- is Bontempelli yeah. um, for them. Um, and Essendon, they might send him to, to McRae. But mm. look, probably Bont, they'll try to go head-to-head with him there. And then that final round against the Crows, well, that could be a field day because the Crows don't tag in the midfield. So that could be a nice little captaincy option for us through there. Yep. Uh, Actually, one guy that's gone more tons in a row. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is allowed, but um, from what I can read here, Dunkley might have gone 10 tons in a row. Mm-hmm. Can you count the 202 as two? Oh, no. And the 88, fine. cancel that out? and put the two tons, and then he's got 10 in a row. Can you do that? You're allowed to do that if you're allowed to count people's injured scores out of their rolling averages, which oh, you're not. So then really. he hasn't got 10 in a row? No, he's not. Okay. Right. But he's averaged a considerable yeah, amount. That might be it. different. Yeah, it's a little okay. different through there. Right, no, I just thought I'd throw that in. No, all right, fair enough. We'll, we'll throw that in mate, and wrap <laughs> that bad boy up. All right, let's look at wrapping up the episode with a couple of our Patreon questions. Just a couple um, have snuck through because we tried to answer as many of them through the building of the podcast as we could. Uh, and a really simple question. Uh, it's an AFL fantasy question, Fox. I'll throw it to you. Uh, I'll tell you the, the ownership numbers of these two guys um, and uh, their prices. Uh, Dion Prestia uh, Ooh, is, a, like is a name, uh, Carlton, this week. So it's yeah. handy. Uh, averaging 98, but really going at 111 in the past three. Uh, he's going to set you back $718. Uh, and he's got an ownership percentage of just 5.6. Uh, Patreon member uh, Kyle Brett wants to know, should I pick him or should I go and pick a Mitch Duncan? 7.9% ownership, comparable price too, because he's going to set you back at 713000 but averaging just the 99.7 in his last three. Uh, Prestia at the G. Yes. Uh, Cochin's out for another couple of weeks yes i think so that sort of might reinforce it a little bit more that, that one kind of makes that decision for you pretty well, easily I think, yeah i think prestige all right and then travis wants to know is super coach question he's got the sicily dilemma oh. two trades left he's through to the prelim in his cash leagues so that seems to be the focus so he's got the week off 
So he's got that week to kind of watch and look here. So it's not desperate needs this week, but it's an important one. He's worried he'll keep losing cash, though, this week, which is certainly a valid concern, uh, the way that he's going. Currently in his team, uh, Sicily's priced at 424800 Um, He's got 86,900 in the bank. And this is what his defensive lineup is. Lloyd, Williams, Hooley, Smith, and Laird. He does not have enough money to go and get Lockie Whitfield. He's short of cash to go and get Lockie. What's he got enough money for? Uh... Well, he could, he's probably got, well, he's certainly got enough to go to a Tom Stewart. More than comfortably got the money to go there. Um, if we're talking about um, in-form defenders right now, though, Tom Stewart over the year is probably the one there. But the most informed defenders right now, if you really want to go crazy... How's Hunter Clark? Uh, well, Hunter Clark is one of the most informed ones, but the most informed over the past five weeks is Nick Newman at 523. He could be injured. He could. Well, he doesn't have the money to get him anyway in a straight oh. trade. Uh, he's already got Basha Hooley. Uh, he'd stretch, but he'd just get to Darcy Byrne Jones. Uh, he's averaging 108 in his past five with a 1% ownership. Uh, that would be unique. Um, then the next, this is starting to get crazy. Mark Blickavs. No. Okay. No, he's up and down. Cade Simpson and Shannon Herney can afford. Simo's coming off the back of a ninth. Uh, 89 last week, a 90 for Shannon Hearn. He All could right. afford Salem, Crisp, um, you know. What what, what um, Chris? What, what uh, format is it? It's for Supercoach. I wouldn't go Crisp in Supercoach. Okay. What about... Uh, what about Hunter Clark? Hunter Clark is... What's, where's he price? He would have gone up a fair bit. He, he, he has gone up a fair bit, but he's 4.19, so he's going to make money off that trade. What's he been churning out the last couple? Because he's got Frio, Carlton and Swans. An, an average of 82 in his last three, 86 in his last five. A little bit disappointing mm, last yeah. week against the Crows with the 67. Prior to that, it was an 81, 98 and a 120. I think I'd want more. I'd be wanting a little bit more than Hunter Clark. He's got money to basically get up to for 500000 He's already got Hooley, who's the most informed defender over the last three. That's a big tick. Doesn't have enough to get Newman. Doesn't have enough to get Whitfield. Uh, already has Brody Smith. Cade Simpson's the next most informed, but that's boosted by that big game against the Crows. been a lot of defenders that have fallen down. There has. Like Mark injured. Blix is averaging 99 in his last three, mate. 96, 104, 97. Oh, no. 79, 98, 115. I'm just saying, Brisbane Hearn. and Carlton in the last two. Hearn's a bit proppy. Yeah, Hearn could be a little bit proppy. If you want unique... Look, if you're going for a cash league, Blix is probably too crazy for you. But I like crazy. And, mm. and my friend, that's crazy because less than 4,000 coaches own him in Supercoach. Good luck to you, mate. Let me know how you go with that. Uh, but Fox, you'd be uh, trying to spend a little bit more money and going on something a bit safer as well. Yeah, thinking. I think you'd want to be looking at yeah closer to 90, 90, 95. All right, fair enough too. Hey, mate, appreciate your work uh, as we've... Uh, Is that it? That, mate, we're done. Mate, what do you mean it's done? It's 47 minutes. What are you talking about? Are we so done? Any questions? Well, like I said, I built the rest of the podcast around questions that we got try to help people out those are the most specific questions we got that we wanted to answer for people so we're here to help fair enough so that's that's it 
Yeah, mate. That, Till uh, next week. Well, how many? How many weeks we got? Two weeks left to go after this one. Next week. Oh, so there's only one. How many more weeks? Two, two podcasts. Two more podcasts to go. Okay, three, three rounds of fantasy go, okay, footy. Right. Next week, we're going to look at 2020 gaining and losing DPPs plus answering your questions. Then the final week, well, we're going to bring a full year review club by club. Plenty of stuff still happening over at coachespanel.tv as well as these podcasts, mate. As always, Sounds a pleasure. good and good evening or good morning if you're listening well, good afternoon, if, yeah. depending on where you are in the world and the time you're listening. Good luck this week. A massive thank you for your support in 2019. Uh, plenty of great content still to come as we look up to wrap up your fantasy footy season. I hope your captain kills it for you this week. I hope your uniques fire, and I hope you get through to that all-important preliminary final round in your league matchups. And if you're going for overall rankings, I hope you crack your best ranking ever. 